0: Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, dueling questions with Tim Trout of Product Development Panini. Thank you. Other sponsors, Upper Deck, Tops, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. And here it is.
1: For your personal collection, what do you still collect?
0: You're looking at it in the wall. Basically, when I'll uh, buy an auction lot or even when I'm going through the dollar boxes or uh, anything I would pick up, I'm first thinking, is there something that would be interesting to go on the wall? Which means I've got to send it to BGS, get it graded and put it up there. I've got a thousand slots, Tim. So when I get a submission back from BGS, I'll intersperse and winnow out. But it's one per player. I had all the sets. And I've gotten rid of a lot of them. So I am really just a player collector now. Okay. I don't collect in the same way that other people do. I don't carry a want list. At this point, I'm voluntarily restricting myself to the dollar boxes, although I do some $5 boxes too. But it's just more fun for me. And I have more fun in the quantity with some quality than I do. Okay. Okay. My question, you work for Beckett and you work for Panini. Uh Compare and contrast... The encouragement or restrictions that come from working in those places as a lifer that loves cards and likes to buy and sell cards. What are the differences there? And is it very different or are you encouraged to be a collector at Panini? You were encouraged to be a collector at Beckett, but not a dealer. I don't think it's a tightrope, but how did you deal with that? So, before.
1: Yeah. So at Beckett, obviously we could buy cards and being in the pricing area, we weren't really trying to sell cards, but if you pulled something nice and you wanted to move it because it wasn't your favorite player and you're just going to basically fund money back in, it was okay with us there. Panini, it's a little different in that we can buy stuff and it's pretty frowned on to sell something. Now, again, if you pull that really big card and it's, I don't know, I mean, Manny Machado, you pull this great great Manny Machado card. I'm not a Manny Machado collector. And if it's a couple hundred, maybe a thousand dollars, as long as you say, hey, look, I just pulled this and we cleared a little bit just because of the area we're in and because there's so much stuff around, they don't want people laundering of sorts, things that they might be walking out with. So in that aspect, it's very similar. But as far as being a collector, I think they love us being collectors because and we love we, we love when we hire new guys. We love when they're passionate because you can teach them how to do numbers. You can teach them how to build programs, but you can't teach passion. So if they are passionate for what they do. All that other stuff and all that extra work, it just comes naturally. And for a lot of the guys that are passionate, they're doing a lot of this stuff on their own, even if they weren't getting paid for it. So it just makes the job so much easier to teach some of these younger guys.
0: It's not that when guys were working on our team, when you were there, they would do it on their own. It's just that they had a mindset. They loved the hobby. They were tuned into what was going on and the specifics of the price guide. It wasn't drudgery, I hope. No, me, not at all. I don't mean, know. just enjoyed providing a service to collectors who didn't really have access or the time to slog through all the data. Right. Okay. Where
1: do you see the hobby heading in the future?
0: I think it's heading toward more technology. Yeah. And I think that's partly coming from Panini as well as Fanatics, as well as all these other private equity-backed startups. I don't know that I can envision what the technology will be other than technology will play a bigger and bigger part. Fanatics has promised to really double or triple their marketing spend. So Panini's not sitting around. They're trying to figure out how can we grow the industry. And so I think as the years go by, I'm really hoping that those are successful because it's the greatest hobby of all time. If any kind of marketing is done, I think it's going to increase the number of collectors. Now there'll be more cards, but if there's a lot more collectors, the equilibrium will be made. Take care. Yeah. I can't specifically say what technology will be the game changer. I don't think it's NFTs. I think we're going to be dealing with physical cards, but better access to players and experiences. And uh, I don't know what the technology is going to have on cards, but I'm sure it'll be exciting. It's a great time to be yes. in this.
1: industry. Did you buy any of those NFTs or collect any of those? Um, I have to ask.
0: Um, get some for being a season ticket holder for the man. Okay. Okay. They don't think I'm the customer.
1: No digital cards for you?
0: No, I can't put them on my wall. Okay, Tim Trout, here's my what if for you. How would your life be different if you were Mike Trout's good? Because he's a little bit younger than you, and he looked up to you. You were the older cousin. You didn't grow up together, but you knew him from when he was in the Philadelphia area or whatever. And so you stay in touch, and he's your good buddy. So your Cousin Tim, but So his Cousin Mike.
1: Yeah. I don't know how much different it would be, although my son and I do like to watch the Angels games, mostly because they're West Coast, so we can watch them a little bit later. We get our Cubs game, and then we flip over to the Angels. And we do try to make a trip out there every year to see what I like to call Uncle Mike, because we get that question an awful lot. i playing baseball. Okay, everybody always asks, are you related? And I'm like, oh, Uncle Mike. Yeah, that's the guy. But how would it be different? I don't know that it would be that much different other than I would probably...
0: It sounds like you're just going with it. I you're have going with it. It's so even we
1: hypothetical, that, we get that question all the time because my son will be out on the bases and he's a smaller guy and he has Trout on the back and, like, oh, and you hear the kids behind you as you're coaching they're like oh look Mike Trout's on third he's running the bases or whatever so we can go with already and then coaches because of the organization that I coach with a lot of the teams have just the coach's name attached to the team so they're always like oh are you related to Mike Trout that's usually at the plate meeting that's the first question we get. And I'm like, oh, Uncle Mike, no, I'm actually not. But as far as being different, I don't know that it would. I'm still passionate about baseball, still love baseball. Maybe I would get to meet a few more athletes. Maybe.
0: Absolutely, you would. You'd be so tight with your cousin. You'd be invited to all these things,
1: all the parties. And maybe it'd be different. Maybe. Honestly, we get to meet quite a few athletes the way with the job I have now.
0: But you don't collect him or anything.
1: I actually can. That's That's something my son and I have picked up because he loves Mike Trout, just obviously the name. And it doesn't hurt that he's a rock star on the baseball field. So that's one of those guys that like when I'm digging through box, anytime I see a Mike Trout, got to have it at a dollar or less, I'm not losing money. And as I always tell my wife, I'm losing if I don't spend that dollar. I don't think she's.
0: Does that that. work? Does that work? (laughs) No, I don't (laughs) think she's she's buying. (laughs) What's an opportunity loss? But exactly, I don't see much Mike Trout in the dollar boxes.
1: Rarely, every once in a while, you'll find a a,
0: a really overproduced base card paper. We don't.
1: Uh, Every once in a while, you find a prism or a chrome or something in there. But yeah, I was actually told on those dollar boxes by a couple dealers because I asked them, "How do you stock this? Is it just what you're breaking and you throw it in there?" And they told me, "When we buy collections, any card that lists at about a dollar to eight bucks." Or $8 or less, I should say. And if it looks like it's a, if it's a cheap card, it's got to be like a parallel or an insert or something. We'll pretty much throw it in unless it's a superstar. And I was like, okay, so I'm getting $8 at a dollar. Okay. I feel good about that.
0: How about a quantity discount, Tim? Yeah, I'm a volume shooter.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: One of my pet peeves is I want to negotiate the quantity discount in advance without knowing how many I'm going to have. But a lot of times you ask him, what if I buy the whole box? then they'll give you a price. And then if you don't buy the whole box, you want to be closer to the whole box price than the dollar. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't always work. They see through that sometimes. Yeah. Especially if you're (laughs) coming around the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Is there a card that you've seen, whether you were walking the floor at the National or just at a younger age that you saw and you wanted to buy and you didn't buy it? Is there a card you look back and think, dang it, I should have bought that or I should have bought those boxes when I had the chance? And I'm kicking myself.
0: The kicks, bruises have faded because all those kicks were in pre 79. Okay. (laughs) I basically had a mindset shift when I started doing price guides. Now, my days of buying expensive cards that I would be pricing were pretty much over, other than type cards. But now I'm looking back, Tim, I've got so much, not frustration, because I've got a great collection, but I'm thinking I should have bought everything in 1973, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anything. That was a good card. I should have bought. Yeah. And so I passed on a Roberto Clemente rookie contract because oh. I thought well, that's not a card. Brought it to me and said, "This has your name on it. Yeah, you don't want to buy this?" I said, "Clemente's my guy, but I really mainly do cards." And it was five thousand dollars.
1: It's probably wow.
0: double signed. Is Montreal Royals uh. Dodger farm system.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. That would have been pretty sweet.
0: Mr. Smart Guy here. Would you have
1: found room on the wall for something like that?
0: I had no room for it. Okay. You've been working in the hobby for a long time. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. working outside the hobby?
1: I'm telling you, I absolutely love what I do. At a young age, my dad always told me, if you find something that you truly love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I truly believe that. There are some days that you still have to deal with, and there's some other stuff that goes on, but I can't imagine going to work or maybe wearing a suit and tie or any of that I could not do that
0: we tried to pay competitive wages when we were when I was in charge I think and yeah but I don't think people really leave the industry for more money that's not my sense they're either typically fed up or they had a horrible experience yeah but generally it's not about the money they should be fairly paid yeah they really love what they do it's, it truly is
1: that's why when you find guys that are passionate, You pay them a good salary and you take care and you ultimately have to treat people well. But when you have somebody that's passionate, they're with you. They're not going anywhere. And as long as you don't treat them like you know that they're not going anywhere, you treat them well. And you always try to take care of them, obviously, financially as well. But it's just so different because it truly is a passion. And there's days where you wake up and it's like, I don't really want to go in. But once you get there, you're doing something you truly love.
0: I won't mention any names, but back in the day when I was more hands-on and stuff like that, I should have turned on the recorder when one of the guys I hired said, I'd work for free. I just want to (laughs) work for your company. Now, fast forward seven or eight years later, and I'm in raise negotiations with this same guy. That wants more money, and I said, "Wait a minute, you're the same guy that said you would work for free. That was then." Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and it was funny. all
0: amicable. But I'm just saying, once you're there, it is a job. You ought to be paid fairly. Yes. And if somebody comes up to offer you a job somewhere else, outside the hobby, for double your salary, what's the catch? I don't know. How would you be more valuable to some other industry unless you have some other special skill? Right. They're just trying to poach you in some way, which a year later you might be miserable.
1: And you know what? And it's funny because we've had guys that have left, and within a few months, they're like, eh, maybe it wasn't so
0: bad. You know, I had that experience you know? too. I'm saying it's, and again, we're probably similar in this regard. Why make it difficult for somebody to come back if they've made a mistake? Yeah. As long, long as long as they, yeah,
1: leave on good terms.
0: Exactly. And so, even on good yeah. terms,
1: and there's always in an open fact, door. it's a
0: real compliment. Yeah. Somebody wants to come back. And Jim, it's almost always about the people. You miss the people. Yeah, it
1: definitely is. We talk about it all the time because David Porter is one of those guys and everybody's like, you're going to be retiring soon, aren't you? I don't think I'm ready to. I just really enjoy being around the people. I know he loves to go to Vegas. We always ask him, are you going to retire and go to Vegas? I'd love to, but I truly just miss being around the people and being around you guys. And it was this way at Beckett as well as it is here. The guys we work with, it's like a locker room. For guys that have played team sports, It is a locker room. We give each other a hard time and we do truly talk about sports all the time. And it is so much fun and it's such a great atmosphere. That's why I fell in love working at Beckett. I loved it over there because of that atmosphere. Truly because I enjoyed the people I was with.
0: I do want to make this one point because we're talking about guys. It's not that women aren't welcome, but when you're talking about like a locker room thing, it's not the locker room in the same way that people would think in a real negative way that there's a lot of bad language, a lot of uh, coarse humor. I think a woman... That love sports would fit in. There could be some awkwardness, but a woman could fit in. And I don't think you'd make it tough. We didn't try to make it tough on a woman that would be on the team no. if they were passionate about the cards. So the locker room feel is, I don't know that I'd go all the way to unisex or something, but it's right. course. It's not course. You guys, no. are, we're not doing stupid stuff and all that. But you know, I mean, that's one of the things you asked me. I think we're going to see more women in the hobby I in the industry. I do and too, because we've big actually big had thing. a few interview. But it's mostly men on cards. And so Correct. women can like that aspect, I'm sure. But if you're a collector, you're my friend. You can be on my team or your team or whatever. Yeah. So I just think people think that there's like inside jokes about male-dominated industries. But the inside jokes are usually about the cards, the it's the cards and some of the dudes. So a woman should not feel excluded on that. No. They could laugh alongside.
1: No, I mean, we the stuff we give people a hard time about over here is like we give Keith hard time because he's a Jets fan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Come on. You feel sorry for him.
1: Yeah. It's mostly. But then being a Bears fan, at least we got the first pick. It's mostly just busting each other's chops because of their team or one of their players did something stupid. or, But yeah, it's just a different environment. And everybody's welcome. But just know you're going to catch your fair share of grief.
0: Any last thoughts, Tim?
1: No, I thought this was great.
0: Yeah, I'll see you at the dollar box. I don't hit the baseball as hard as you do. Okay. So football, I start with football, and then I'll go to baseball. Okay. After I've cherry picked behind you, and yeah. but here's the thing: when you're going through a dollar box, you don't know what used to be in there. As long as Correct. you show me what you picked out, the Not only guy that f- shows me what he picked out is Gabe Harrow, oh, and Rich Klein. Okay. Show me what they picked out. Say, dudes, do not show me. Why. I don't want to see what's not in the box. I want to see what's in the box, and I want to buy it if I feel like it. I don't want to feel yeah. like somebody scooped me.
1: Yeah, I don't want to realize. Don't Shoot, I shouldn't. I won't Carla show earlier. you
0: either. I won't yeah. show you either. Yeah. Tim Trap, right. thanks again. And, Thank uh, you so much.